The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. We know that you want to live an inspired and fulfilling life. Maybe there are a few things that you need to get you there. Welcome to What Matters with your host, Mary Beth Lodge. In today's world of distractions, we can get overwhelmed with day-to-day responsibilities that keep us busy, frustrated, and confused. With an emphasis on the power of the mind and drawing on the fields of personal health, education, neuroscience, business, and spirituality, we'll discuss practical strategies to help you stay focused on your priorities, choices, and results. Now, here is Mary Beth Lodge. Good morning. How are you today? Thank you for joining me today on What Matters. Today, I'm going to challenge you once again to make a difference. Can you make a difference in your world today? Can you make a change inside you that carries ripples of positive change into the lives of those around you and even beyond where you even comprehend it might go. Do you know that no matter what the change is that you make, it will reverberate through the lives of the people around you? And no matter how small, it makes a difference. Okay, so this is your time. This is your hour. Take the time to really listen, to take this information in, to let it transform you. How does it apply to you? I'm asking you to transform you, not your significant other, your best friend, your child, your parent, or your coworker. Just you. You can share information with other people. You can share what you know with other people. But you cannot change other people. You can only change yourself. And it is in changing yourself that you inspire others to make a change. It is in changing yourself that you shift the dynamics of your relationships and other people reflect that change within you. So it's not by telling other people what to do, but by taking action. Taking action within yourself and taking action in the world around you to create and attract more positive light. And yes, I know you're busy. This is a holiday week. You might have a shortened work week and trying to fit everything in. You might be looking forward to a day off. And I know what that means. It means you can easily be distracted. That's right, distracted. Distracted from the things that really count. Distracted from the goals that you want to achieve. Distracted from the people that are most important in your life. So how do you spend your time and how are you spending your energy today? Are you spending your energy on things that don't count, that don't make a difference, that really will never affect eternity? What are the choices that you're making today? 
How do you spend your time? How do you touch the lives of the people you meet? And do you create sunshine wherever you are? Okay, so let's start. Let's start with that moment when you begin to create sunshine in your own world. What are you grateful for today? You know, I've had a moment, and I'll talk about it a little bit later, but I've had a moment that really made me stop and reflect. And I'm grateful for life, the precious, fragile, and blessed life that each one of us is given. And I'm grateful for health, because no matter what challenge I may face, I appreciate the strength and stamina of my healthy body. And this is summer. I am grateful for the fresh, nutritious foods at the farmer's markets. And I'm grateful for the hands that planted and tended and picked those foods so that I can enjoy them on my table. Because that is not something that I can create time for in my life right now. And again, because of an experience that I've had this week, I am grateful for all of the military personnel everywhere, past, present, and future. I'm grateful for their work, their dedication, and their commitment, regardless of the price that they paid in their own lives. Their sacrifice makes a difference in the life that we lead today. And I'm also grateful within myself for the switch in my head that allows me to stay awake most of the night, essentially working a night shift to help friends settle in at home after a surgery. And I still have the energy to assist her the next day. I know when I learned that. I learned it when I was a young nurse working night shift. But you know, it's amazing that this many years later, I can still do that. And I'm grateful for that because I really needed that ability this week. And so there is not one topic this morning for us to talk about, but many. And perhaps that's the way it should be, a bit of a hodgepodge or a potpourri this morning. I was having a conversation with a friend of mine earlier this week, and I was bouncing back and forth on various ideas. And, you know, it struck me that one of the things that is a common experience, one of the things that I know is a theme for this show, is kind of the calling out of our narrow worlds into a connection with that which is beyond us, that which is the highest good or the greater good for all of us. And in preparing for this show, one of the experiences that I have is that it forces me to stay tuned into a world that is beyond me. You know, we all do that. We all get wrapped up into the details of our own lives. And we get disconnected from the greater good. We get disconnected from the things that link us all together. And a lot of times it takes something dramatic, something that jolts us out of our narrow space. Otherwise, we forget that we're all connected, that everything is connected. This past week, there was a tragedy in our community. And there was a fatal car accident at a very busy part of town. And now, if you live in a large city, maybe a fatal car accident isn't so interesting or startling to you. But because it is somewhat unusual for the place that I live, or maybe simply because I was in that area and 
had only a short time before come through that same intersection. It shocked me out of my narrow world. And I think there were several of those kinds of events this week. The firefighters killed while trying to contain a wildfire. Those kinds of things that draw us into a world that is beyond just us. They bring us to an awareness that we are more than our day-to-day stuff. See, sometimes it's an auto accident or some other type of tragedy or death that will do this for me. It wakes me up. It causes me to look at my world differently and to look with more gratitude on the moments that I have been given. And it reminds me how fragile we are and how powerful we are. It reminds me that we have no guarantees for the future and that we have tremendous responsibility for the now. And then that reflection takes me into the ripples, you know, those ripples of influence that we have on others. And so on this accident, I was reflecting on the families of the people who had died. And I wondered about the lives that they had touched and the people who would be touched by their deaths. And I wondered about their pets and their house and the belongings that were important to them. And then I began to wonder about the young man who caused the accident. And, you know, I, I know this might be odd for some people. But whenever something like this happens and, you know, it, someone caused an accident in a way that perhaps we would want to judge or be angry or, um, somehow Um, want revenge I always think about that person at the moment that they were born and I think about that person's mother and the hope that she had for him the joy that she felt at his birth or maybe she didn't you see this one event took me to so many different moments in time, many different people, many different perspectives. And this reflection didn't come all at once. It didn't happen right after the accident. In fact, I was busy. I was running errands and I just had to get on. But for several days, I periodically would think about this event. And I'm still thinking about it, obviously. And because of that, I've been looking for moments of gratitude. I've been embracing my responsibilities for the greater good of this world. And I keep seeking new perspectives, all because of this one event. And it reminds me again that we are all connected, that everything that we do matters. One of my favorite authors is Andrew Andrews. And I love his work and his perspective. He has lots of books. He's a great storyteller. Um, and he loves history. He loves to use the stories of history to teach lessons. 
And again, perhaps it's because I saw an interview this week on the television for, I, you know, I didn't even watch the whole thing. And it was about history. It was this week um, talking about history. Because when we get to this particular holiday in this country, we tend to look back at our own history. And one of the things that came through that interview was that we're not doing a very good job of talking about history anymore. We're not teaching history, and so we're missing the experiences that we could learn from. You see, the whole point of history is to learn from our experience and make a different choice. That's true in our own lives, it's true in our personal histories, and it's true in our collective history. So anyway, Andy Andrews, one of my favorite authors, and he uses history in stories, which I love. And he takes an event of history and he creates a story about the person. And sometimes he doesn't have to. Sometimes he just simply tells that person's story and their story is the lesson. He's a great one to continually emphasize the message that everything we do matters and that every single person, every single decision has the potential to change many, many, many lives. My favorite story that he tells is his description of Joshua Chamberlain. And I can't tell the story and I can't do it justice. He does it so well. You'll have to go find it. It's on YouTube. You look up Andy Andrews and you'll see the one about Joshua Chamberlain. And you have to listen to it. It's only four minutes. It's beautiful. But it truly speaks to one man and the choice that he made and the lives today that are touched because of that. Our country is what it is because of that one man. Our country didn't split into the North and the South during the Civil War because of that one man. And we were able in this united country to be the power through the ages that was needed for the balance in the world. I think this is so incredibly important to recognize that that one man at that moment was not thinking about all of the lives that would be touched in the future. He was simply a military man trying to do his job. And my point is that we are all connected. Don't you see? We are all connected in every decision, every thought, and every action that we take. And we may get distracted with the details and the day-to-day stressors. And the sense that we are barely keeping our heads afloat. You know, do you feel that sometimes? Like you're swimming upstream and you almost can't keep your head above water? But ultimately, everything we do is about the greater good. The things that, that are the most important are the ones that impact others, other people's lives in a positive way. What if we realized the difference that we make in this world? So think about this. If you knew 
who you had touched. If you actually met someone and knew that you had influenced your life in some way, would you want to do that more? If you could see into the future of the lives of the people around you, and you could see the with and without you, you know, sort of like your own version of It's a Wonderful Life, would you appreciate yourself and your gifts and your talents and your responsibility more? Would it change your motivation? Every once in a while, I have the blessing of getting feedback from someone who came to see me in my practice. And usually it occurs when it's somebody that I only saw maybe once or twice. A lot of times I don't even remember them. It takes a while for me to jog my memory because I saw them once or twice. Whatever it was in my mind is resolved. And I put that way back in my mind someplace. I don't keep that out in the front. Anyway, sometimes I have the blessing that they'll call me or I'll hear from them. And they tell me about all the great changes that they made after that one visit or that one intervention. And the feedback... I know you're thinking, oh, that does something for my ego. And maybe it does. I'm human. But it also takes me into that expansive energy, that place that reminds me of the connection and the importance of giving your best to each and every person you encounter. And it reminds me to behave my best, not just in public, but also with the people I care about most. Because I make a difference in their lives every day. And it reminds me to be kind even when I don't feel like it. To be patient even when I would rather scream. And to allow, always allow the natural flow of energy from this universe to flow through me as loving compassion. And I am not suggesting to you that I am superhuman or that you are. I am suggesting that we are all human and that we all can behave badly at times and we can all make mistakes and we can all do it wrong. And the most important thing is to recognize that and to fix it. So this morning, in this first segment, I'm asking you to step out of your narrow space And step into the expansive energy of the greater good. And allow that energy to flow through you with the knowledge that everything you do today makes a difference. And again, think about this. If you knew, if you knew whose life you would touch, if you knew how they would be impacted, by your behavior, would your motivation change? Probably so. Let's take a short break. You're listening to the Voice America Variety Channel. Stay tuned. (music) 
Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Are you ready to make a change in your life? Would you like to discover the hidden obstacles to your success? Mary Beth Lodge is a certified life coach with a proven track record of guiding others to success. Drawing on mind-body techniques and concepts of neuroscience, Mary Beth will design a program specific to your goals, lifestyle, and personality. You'll develop a specific action plan to follow. You'll learn practical and easy strategies to move through your obstacles and reach your goals. You decide the area to focus on. Is it your weight, your health, or your professional goals? Mary Beth Lodge is a life coach, hypnotist, and health consultant. She specializes in working with people who are confused, frustrated, or discouraged by the direction of their life. She works with people who really want to make a difference in this world and are willing to take the actions to achieve their goals. She'll help you get clear on where you want to be and to follow through on the actions that lead to a healthier and more successful life. Visit LastingLifestyleChange.com to request more information or a free consultation. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to What Matters with Mary Beth Lodge. To be a part of our discussion on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to marybethlodge at gmail.com. Now, back to What Matters. Good morning. Thank you for joining me this morning on What Matters. So, today I said our topics are a hodgepodge of things, all different things that we um, are going to talk about today. And so I asked you in the first segment to think about or consider how you touch the lives of the people around you. And now I'm going to take you into how you touch your own lives and how do you nourish your body and how do you care for yourself in a way that is healthy and nutritious. See, I came across a couple of articles on fermented foods, and I was really kind of fascinated with that. And I think about that sometimes. You know, we've talked about healthy foods, and we've talked about the need for enzymes, and we've talked about many, many different ways in in the digestion of the body and the access to nutrients by the body. And I found a, a very interesting article that I just wanted to kind of go back and forth with a little bit about fermented foods because they think it's something that um, is important for us to recognize, important for us to include in our um, daily or weekly rotation of foods um, and also something that's important for us to recognize that we have a way to really activate the healthy nutrition in our bodies. We have a way to activate our body's ability to utilize the nutrients. See, I don't have to go into telling you that it's better if you choose organic as opposed to choosing conventional. It's better for you to minimize the pesticide exposure, to minimize the the uh, processed foods that you eat. I don't have to tell you all of that stuff. You know that. I don't know if you do it. But you know it. So let me just layer on one more thing for you to know and for you to begin to incorporate 
into your life. And it doesn't have to be a major change. It can be something little. So fermented foods, what does that mean? Well, those are the foods that literally have been fermented. They um, they grow some beneficial probiotics. And when we ingest those, it helps our bodies to create a healthy environment in our intestine. You see, you know, just because we chew our food doesn't mean that it's going to be of any good. If we don't have the enzymes to digest it, if we don't have enough acid in our stomach, if we suppress the acid in our stomach, we won't break down the food into usable components that can be absorbed through the intestinal wall. If it's not absorbed through the intestinal wall, we have really healthy poop, but we don't have a really healthy body. And so one of the ways that our bodies... Form those nutrients, how they, they create the nutrients or extract the nutrients from the food is through probiotics. These are healthy bacteria that grow in the intestinal lining of our stomach and allow us to break down the food into usable components that are then absorbed through the wall of the intestine and into the bloodstream where they're transported around to the various parts of our body, every cell that needs those nutritional components is given that because it's circulating in the blood. Well, fermented foods can help with a variety, and it's it's fermented foods because of the probiotics. You understand it's the probiotics, the healthy bacteria that's supposed to grow in our guts. And the more that we kill the bacteria in the food, the less that we have available to keep replenishing those healthy bacteria in our gut. And so for the fermented foods, obviously, are a bacteria that's growing in that food that we then ingest into our bodies and that help to replenish that healthy bacteria in our gut. The kinds of things that can be helped from with a healthy gut are incredible. Things that we could prevent. We could prevent colon cancer if we had a healthy gut. We can get relief from things like lactose intolerance, from some of the different types of diarrheas, um, from the reoccurrence of inflammatory bowel disease, a reduction of irritable bowel symptom. Even things like atopic dermatitis, you know, this is a, a skin condition because the skin gets overloaded with toxins. And the more that we get these healthy kind of nutrients, the more that we are also able to produce vitamins, vitamin K, absorbing vitamin K, getting it into our bodies. So we make those vitamins more bioavailable. Do you understand that means that your body can actually utilize it? Even things like allergies and infectious rhinitis, allergic rhinitis, infectious rhinitis. Infectious rhinitis is is the formal name for the common cold, okay? And allergic rhinitis is that stuffy, runny nose that you get when you're you're exposed to allergens, either airborne allergens or uh, nutrition allergens, food allergens. So let me explain how this works. So when you eat a lot of sugar and you eat a lot of processed foods, 
the that nourishes the pathogenic bacteria, the bacteria that is not useful, that is actually harmful. It nourishes the yeast and the fungus that resides in your gut. And if you eat too much sugar or too much processed foods, it actually causes that type of bacteria and yeast and fungus to flourish. That's not a good thing because that then interferes with and causes damage to your intestinal wall. So when you eat a diet that is low in sugar and you eat a diet that is high in fresh vegetables, um, nutritious food, limiting again the exposure to pesticides, limiting the exposure to antibiotics, then you create an environment where the, the healthy, beneficial gut bacteria can flourish. And it's when they flourish that you get the magic or the transformation of health. But, you know, and you might have seen that there's a lot of um, talk about probiotics. And it's hard to take probiotics as a, a pill or a capsule because they're so easily killed off. Heat kills the natural healthy bacteria. So anything that's pasteurized, anything that's been heated, anything that's processed, loses much of its enzyme activity for digestion and also kills off the healthy bacteria. So back to why use fermented foods. Well, fermented foods are one of the strongest sources of that beneficial bacteria. And that beneficial bacteria are some of the best chelators. And chelators are things that draw out toxins, heavy metals, you know, things, the pesticides, the things that we don't need. If we utilized fermented foods in our diet on a regular basis, we then could restore our own natural detoxification system. And we wouldn't need cleanses. We wouldn't need antibiotics. We wouldn't really get sick because we would be naturally detoxifying anything that we don't need, both the waste products from the food, the things that we can't utilize, and also things that maybe we're exposed to but we don't really need. So here, let me give you the top eight reasons to eat fermented foods. Well, fermented foods improve digestion. Okay, I just said that. You know, you can you, you can digest food more easily when you have that fermentation process going on. And that's why some people will find that they can't drink milk, but they can eat yogurt. It's because it's already breaking down the milk. And so it's easy for the body to utilize that. Now, if you have a true dairy allergy, you shouldn't be doing yogurt either, okay? So at least not dairy yogurt. You might use some other product to create yogurt from one of the other um, plant-based milks, and you could still create a yogurt out of that. Fermented foods, obviously, again, restore that proper balance of bacteria in the gut. They make things... Um, easy for your body to create the healthy nutrients and the healthy bacteria so that those nutrients can be absorbed. 
you know, we talked a lot about enzymes in the in other shows. We've talked about the need for enzymes and that we don't really um, create enzymes as we age. We start to lose more and more of our enzymes. Well, the raw fermented foods are rich in enzymes, and so you have to have those enzymes. You have to have them to digest your food, and you're, um, you're getting those through these fermented foods. The fermenting the food actually will increase the vitamin content because it allows you to, again, break down and make accessible and available certain, um, certain nutrients, certain vitamins, uh, the B vitamins, riboflavin, the biotin, um, vitamin K, all of those absorb better and are more readily available in fermented foods. Again, it also helps us absorb those nutrients because if they don't go through the intestinal wall, there's nothing that's going to be of benefit to you. So when those bacteria are working well, they're actually creating those nutrients into very teeny, tiny little pieces that can readily move through the cells of the intestinal wall and into the bloodstream. Fermenting food actually is a, a way of preserving foods for making those foods last for a longer period of time. And I can I can remember this as as a child. You know, I was raised in a farm environment, and my mother, you know, canned and did all kinds of preserves. And I remember making pickles. It is the coolest thing in the world. And at the time, I remember thinking, that's pretty gross, but the pickles really tasted good. But, you know, it was a way to save the cucumbers. You know, you have tons of cucumbers in the garden. They all come in at once. You can't possibly eat them all. And you want to preserve them for the winter. You want to be able to have cucumbers in some form for the winter. And she would make this huge crock of dill pickles. And it is fermentation. It is a way of preserving and keeping those foods. Sauerkraut was another way. You know, this beautiful head of cabbage that will not last more than a few weeks in refrigeration will last well into the winter if you ferment it and then can it so that it's sealed and doesn't um, spoil on you. If you choose to ferment your own food, it's quite inexpensive. There's nothing fancy, you know. You don't have to um, to to make sauerkraut out out of cabbage. You really don't have to do much, but you know, a little bit of water and sugar and um, and some vinegar, and it ferments. Um, Sometimes you do have to get a starter Um, when you're making yogurt. You have to get a starter. And I have to admit the whole reason that I really got focused on this is I dug out my own yogurt maker and I'm just on this this bent that I'm going to create my own yogurt today. And, you know, it it reminded me of that it is relatively easy to make fermented foods and it is much less expensive than – or inexpensive – um, to um, to create your own fermented foods. And there is a reason, you know, there's a flavor reason. We enjoy fermented foods. We like the extra flavors. You know, people drink wine and they enjoy that. Well, how do you think wine is created? It's fermented. 
and we like sauerkraut on our hot dogs. Okay, you're not supposed to be eating hot dogs, but you get what I mean. And, you know, salsa too is one of those. If salsa is done correctly, not a fresh salsa, but a fermented salsa, it is fermented and it tastes good and we enjoy those wonderful things. So how would you incorporate more fermented foods in your diet? Well, you know, you can purchase fermented foods as long as they are not, um, as, as long as they are done from organic produce and they are done um, without the commercial yeasts and those kinds of things. You know, you can find some lovely loaves of sourdough bread um, in certain grocery stores that are made um, with the sourdough starter, which causes its own fermentation. You see, it creates the bubbles that yeast would create, but rather than using commercial yeast, one uses this um, fermentation process to um, add air into the dough. There are fermented beverages, kefir and kombucha. Um, Kombucha is a a tea. Um, I have... uh, someone that I know that makes her own kombucha at home. And those are pretty easy to make. Um, And you can eat pickles, sauerkraut, salsa, even ketchup. Remember, sour cream is a fermented dairy product, yogurt, Uh, kimchi, which is a, a lovely relish, natural mayonnaise, not the commercial stuff, but the natural mayonnaise is a fermented condiment. So you would have to look for those. Those don't come at your traditional grocery store. You'd probably have to look at a health food store, a natural grocery store of some time. And once you have those foods or you're beginning to explore with those foods, you can make all kinds of other things. I'm already plotting and scheming. I've been on this bent this week to find uh, popsicle molds because as I'm thinking about making my own yogurt, I'm planning for how I can make my own yogurt popsicles with natural fruit, no added sugars or preservatives, And they would come from my own fermented yogurt. You see, mixing that perhaps with other other fruits or sweeteners or not, but just something that it's hot, it's summer, I want something cool. I'm already thinking about that. Um, Coconut milk is easy to ferment and also, again, to create a yogurt or a smoothie or a popsicle from. So, you know, once you start to play, it's amazing what else kind of opens up for you. And there are, you know, really it's very, very easy to get started. There are recipes out there. There are a couple of books. Um, Sally Fallon Morell has a, a book called Nourishing Traditions. She has lots of recipes in that book um, for fermented foods. So there are, are many ways that you can incorporate this. You know, my point here is once again, how do you, in creating a healthy environment within your own body, then reflect that out. You see, the the more that you feel healthy inside your body, 
the more that you begin to look for and create health in all the places around you, you begin to nourish your family in a healthier way. You begin to think about the healthy and nutritious foods. You start to pay attention to what are the foods that you buy and how are they grown. And it takes you again beyond your little world, beyond your narrow little space. And it takes you out into a world that is more than you. And you begin to think about how is this grown? Whose hands prepared this meal? Or whose hands prepared this food? Whose hands created, tended, picked this produce to bring it to me? You see, it takes you beyond into how we are all connected. Let's take a short break. You're listening to the Voice America Variety Channel. Stay tuned. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Are you ready to make a change in your life? Would you like to discover the hidden obstacles to your success? Mary Beth Lodge is a certified life coach with a proven track record of guiding others to success. Drawing on mind-body techniques and concepts of neuroscience, Mary Beth will design a program specific to your goals, lifestyle, and personality. You'll develop a specific action plan to follow. You'll learn practical and easy strategies to move through your obstacles and reach your goals. You decide the area to focus on. Is it your weight, your health, or your professional goals? Mary Beth Lodge is a life coach, hypnotist, and health consultant. She specializes in working with people who are confused, frustrated, or discouraged by the direction of their life. She works with people who really want to make a difference in this world and are willing to take the actions to achieve their goals. She'll help you get clear on where you want to be and to follow through on the actions that lead to a healthier and more successful life. Visit LastingLifestyleChange.com to request more information or a free consultation. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to What Matters with Mary Beth Lodge. To be a part of our discussion on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to marybethlodge at gmail.com. Now, back to What Matters. Good morning. Thank you for joining me this morning on What Matters. Again, this is a hodgepodge of different topics all kind of rolled together here. And we've talked about this morning kind of the how we are connected to be having a broader perspective in, in our worlds, going out of our narrow space. We talked just recently in this second segment about fermented foods and about creating a healthy internal environment in your body so that you are healthier and you can carry that health into the world. And now I want to talk about something fun. You know, it, it occurred to me this morning, I was on my walk and I saw my friends getting to the, their vehicle down the street and they waited and they waved. And I thought something was different because this is obviously not the time that they were 
they typically are going to work. They're usually long gone by the time I take my walk, but they were just getting in their vehicle. They're on their way on vacation. And I thought to myself, you know, this is the time. This is when people go on vacation. I've just recently been on vacation. And I found this wonderful website. I I love this website. It's it's, um, Evelyn from The Hopeful Life, and she has this great blog. And her whole perspective is on organizing your life, organizing your house, um, and the, the, the more organized you are, the more peaceful and efficient and hopeful you'll feel. And actually, hopeful stands for happy, organized, peaceful, efficient, and full of fun. And so... Her blog um, recently was on packing, um, summer packing. You know, you're going on vacation, and what are the rules for packing? And I just – she made me giggle, actually, when she wrote this. Um, but she essentially said that, you know, packing light is the way to go. I mean, do you really want to travel with, you know, tons of different suitcases and do you really need it? Now, if you're going on a nice, fun vacation, not something where you have to be on stage or um, in presentation of some way, and what you're going to do is just have a fun time in, at the beach or at relatives or, you know, in, in some kind of a fun trip. Okay, so here are her rules. And again, she just made me giggle because um, it's... It's one of those things that when you think about it, it makes so much sense. So here's the rules that she said should never be broken. And I am definitely reading right from her her blog site. One bag per person. If it doesn't fit in the bag, then you don't get to bring it. Now, she has children. I don't have children, so I've not ever had to pack for children. I would be baffled if I did. Um, but she says that she has her kids clean out their school backpacks and use them. And the reason for that is because they're already used to carrying their backpacks. And rule number two, of course, is that everyone carries their own bag. And then the simplicity of packing. One top for each day, one bottom for every two days. Add one extra shirt and one extra bottom. Well, that's simple enough. You can do that. And then one pair of PJs, a bathing suit if you're going somewhere that requires a bathing suit. And then underwear, one pair each day and an extra pair. Now, the shoes thing. Yeah, I know. Some of you, shoes is what gets you into trouble. But the bottom line is you only need two pairs of shoes. Neither of them should be new. Do not try to break in a new pair of shoes at a time that you are on vacation. That's not the time to do it. Okay, so you need basic toiletries, always the mini sizes. It doesn't matter if you're on a plane or in a car. You only need the little mini sizes. And sometimes you don't even need that depending on where you're going. So you can have a book. Make sure you've got your phone charger. And that's it. That's right. That's it. I love the list that she does next because I have been coerced into this kind of stuff. And here's the thing, the list that she gives us. Things that you think you will need, but you really won't. Dressy clothes. See, we think we're going to need dressy clothes. And her suggestion is make one of your bottoms, either a skirt or a nice pair of pants, and you're good. 
you'll think that you need a cover-up for your bathing suit. Just use one of your t-shirts. You'll think you'll need heels. But you won't. A low pair of sandals will work just fine. And they work in all places. And the thing that you'll think you'll be tempted to take is that project that you've been meaning to get to. And now you think you'll have time to get to it since you're on vacation. Really? I don't think so. You're going to be playing on vacation. You'll have no interest in that project. And you will have carried it with you for no reason. Now, your child will want to bring every stuffed animal they own. So it's fine, but remember the clothes go in the backpack first. And after that, whichever animal fits into their bag, that's the one they can take. You also don't need to take every medication that you have in your medicine chest or every over-the-counter medication. Yeah, you probably need a bottle of pain reliever if that's something you use. Anything else, you can buy it if you need it. And you probably won't need it. So, on the toiletries, share them. You know, we don't take four different types of toothpaste and everybody's shampoo. You take one toothpaste, one shampoo, one soap, and if you're going to be at a hotel, you probably don't need to even need to pack the shampoo. Usually they provide it. And ladies, it's basic makeup. Don't take your entire bag. Just take the minimum. Let's face it, you are not going to spend your vacation time doing your best makeup. You're going to do the bare minimum and you're going to hit the beach. You know that. Okay. So her suggestions, make it really simple. And the reason I love Evelyn at The Hopeful Life is because she always does it that way. She always says, don't complicate it. She's got really great ideas for organizing every room of your house. She has a a 30-day challenge kind of thing where she takes you through each room each day um, and organizes things so that you can get to it. And she's used to young children, busy household, perhaps just like yours. And her organization suggestions really, really work. So again, I love that. In the meantime, let's talk about some other things that might be of interest to you. You know how, I think I told you last week, I I do this thing where I look up different research kinds of topics and they just fascinate me and sometimes I just collect them to share at some point on the show. I found a very interesting thing about aspirin this week. Aspirin, of all things. You know, aspirin, that that little tablet that we've been told in the past not to take because it might give us rise syndrome and then to take because it might prevent heart issues or heart disease. Okay, so here's the, you know, kind of the four interesting things about aspirin because a lot of people take aspirin A lot of adults um, take aspirin, and they take it as a prevention. You know, um, we've heard enough times in the general media that aspirin can prevent heart disease, 
And this, the research for a long, long time actually did not support primary prevention, meaning that if you've never had heart disease, taking aspirin um, didn't seem to make a difference. But if you had had a coronary event and took aspirin, it did decrease the secondary, uh, the risk of a secondary coronary event. Now, in the, the study that was done, the survey um, surveyed about 807 adults, and I believe this was done in Canada. And of those surveyed, 40% used aspirin regularly. Um, 50% or 53% of those 40% were using it for primary prevention. And a quarter of those did not tell their physician. Now, what we know is that it does seem to have um, an effect on some of the um, vascular events. It definitely ha- um, reduces the deep vein thrombosis, the blood clot deep in your leg, by 32%. And it also has a 34% reduction of major vascular events, meaning things like you know, strokes caused by blood clots, those kinds of things. And that is equal to prescription blood thinners. Um, now, this is clot prevention for post-operative issues. This is not just um, day-to-day things. Women who took a low dose of aspirin lowered their risk of melanoma. Isn't that interesting? And the one, I'd heard this before. I had never seen it in the studies. I finally um, saw the research that went with it. Um, individuals who um, had have colorectal cancer and are being treated for that have a longer survival rate if they take aspirin in conjunction with their chemo and their other treatments that they're receiving. Very interesting. I don't know the mechanism of that. It seems like it must have something to do perhaps with the thinning of the blood but also with the anti-inflammatory effect. So Moving on from that one into um, fish oil, you know, we've got the fish oil, we're told to take fish oil. And fish oil, um, either, uh, this was done in, in terms of servings of food. So taking enough fish oil that is the equivalent of two servings per week of salmon reduces the risk of atrial fibrillation. Now, it was moderate doses, only two servings per week. The high doses and the low doses didn't have that same effect. And I think that's important for us to recognize. And you know how we always go after the artificial sweeteners? Well, here's a very, very interesting study. Very, very early evidence suggests that the artificial sweetener mannitol, and that's one of those that, you know, we really don't want you exposed to, but it seems to be that it changes the protein kind of clump that happens in the movement disorders, things like Parkinson's. And so the very early research suggests that mannitol may have the ability to disrupt the formation of that clumping um, that causes movement disorders such as Parkinson's. I think that's so exciting. All right, we're almost at the end of our time. And again, I want you to be aware today of all of the ways that you touch the greater good.
I want you out in that expansive energy of the greater good today, all day long. Think about the lives you touch. Think about the influence you have on others and that they have on you. Go out there. Make it a great day. You truly deserve it. Thanks again for joining us for What Matters. Be sure to tune in again next Wednesday morning at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll help you continue to make a difference next week.